Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Whale Nerds Podcast. This is episode number 47, and I nailed that on the head. <laughs> As I was saying that, I was literally looking at Eric and Caitlin, and I'm like, please be 47. <laughs> All right. Well, yeah, this is episode 47. We're stoked to be back. I'm here with Eric and Caitlin. Hello, everyone. Hi. And we have some news. Do we want to do sightings first or news first? Oh, yeah. Let's mm. do sightings first because the news sounds exciting. Yeah, and I heard something sad. So, let's, Well, maybe we should save the sightings. Wait, are the sightings? Wait, the sightings, the sightings are not sad, but I It's wintertime, winter so sightings are kind of... I had a good week. Oh, wait, yeah, you're in Maui now. I forgot. The sightings are great, but I said I saw something that was sad online about whale. Oh, no, about elephant seals. You did? Oh, yeah. We yeah, talked about people, this Let's yesterday. see the sightings. Okay. Eric, you go first. Sightings? Well, California, wintertime, gray whales. <laughs> but, uh, you went down south, too, though, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I enjoyed seeing my common dolphin and uh, white-sideds and rizzos. But, uh, yeah, that day out there, I didn't run anything to, to gray whales. I was actually there for uh, a bird, a rehabbed bird release. But, um... As far as being back on the water here in Monterey, it's been great. The last few days, uh, the gray whales have been showing up consistently in very good numbers. Uh, yesterday, I had about 25 of them come down the coast. Today, probably about 15, and they're coming down. It was neat. Not many singles. It was like, you know, twos, even like fours and stuff like that. So, yeah, you things are good. You guys are coming up on the peak of the southbound migration in the next few weeks for Monterey. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I forgot, uh, your buddy Casper made an appearance today. Oh, today. I feel like yeah. every other week there's a sighting right now. Yeah, it's he's been... sticking around. Yeah. Is there a lot of squid or something? Uh, You know what? I haven't noticed uh, much squid outdoor or even uh, activity with the commercial boats. It seems like they're still wrapping up anchovies, not, not squid. But he's been hanging around. And for those who have seen him year after year, you know, for us Monterey fleet people, it seems like he's getting bigger. Yeah, he does look bigger yeah. in the photos. Yeah, so, yeah, that's about it over here. I'm trying to think of anything else significant. The northern part of the bay, they've been kind of staying, you know, around Moss or a little bit north. And they've been, there's been a few of those little humpbacks still hanging around. But uh, other than that, yeah, gray whale season is looking good. Uh, I'm still kind of waiting to see what happens, especially with the, uh, you know, the die-off last season. But we'll Yeah, see. the northbound will be interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I went whale watching on uh, Friday, or not Friday, sorry, Saturday or Sunday, and um, we had like three or four humpbacks. We originally had one humpback like in Soquel Canyon, like at the, or the tip of Soquel, you know? Mm-hmm. And um, and then we went to, we saw a couple other blows, and it was, for one second, I was like, oh my gosh, because we had three humpbacks literally all in a circle of each other, like all within a couple hundred feet of each other. And I was like, oh, yeah, they're going to get feeding or doing something fun. And then they literally just all went opposite directions, <laughs> all three. <laughs> so that was that was exciting. They were like, uh, maybe we can hang out. No. Yeah, they're all juveniles. They're literally all like really, really small whales. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like they all my, look like they're like one or two years old. I think my favorite like non-scientific explanation of juvenile humpback whale behavior is from um, Captain Nick that works over at Chris's. He's like. You know, these little whales, like, their mom left them, and, like, 
they're kind of socially awkward. Like they don't really know what they're doing. So they're really unpredictable and they like try and meet up with a bigger whale and feed with them sometimes. But then like, they don't quite have it right. So then it seems like they kind of just give up. <laughs> it's pretty funny to listen to him talk about these like teenager whales. But I think honestly, he kind of hit the nail on the head when he and I were talking about it. It's like, they're just still trying to learn how to be a whale. And so they're just really weird. <laughs> yeah. They are definitely being funky. Yeah. So have you been well watching these last two weeks? Yeah, tell yeah. us your Mauiness. Yeah. So these first two sightings, I can't remember which one happened when. It's been really windy. So we've kind of been in unusual snorkel spots. And one day we were snorkeling off of um, what's called the Pali, so the highway that connects like um Ma'alaya over towards Lahaina and that's like the only spot we could hide from the wind was like behind these sea cliffs and like we're anchored up like really close moored up really close to the shore and I was lifeguarding from the boat and like helping people on and off and all of a sudden one of the lifeguards on the surfboard was like hey there's a monk seal and I was like what and it was right next to the boat and so then I was like trying to get around the boat to see but then these people needed help getting out and as soon as I stepped down on the swim step and I could see between the pontoons, because our boat's a catamaran, the monk seal popped up in between the pontoons and just like hey, laid there. So so you're like, like a, look, look, look. You're like a monk seal expert now. It was really cool. I guess that one's been hanging around there a lot. I've seen it from the road before. I just didn't know for sure if it was a monk seal, but we were like in the same spot as where we passed it on the highway. And I was like, oh my God, it is the same monk seal. And so you guys can't be, like, around them, right? What did you guys all do once they saw we it? We basically just, like, kept all the snorkelers away. And, like, it went between the pontoons of the boat. It, like, hung there for two minutes. And then it, like, swam away. And we didn't really see it again. So we were like, okay. And then I guess later it popped up in the middle of all the snorkelers. And so one of our staff was, like, <laughs> lifeguarding was, like, paddling over. was like, get away from me! That's awesome. So how many times yeah. have you seen one now? That's the second sighting I've ever had. Well, I saw it from the road one day, but I didn't know for sure. So third sighting, I guess. Um, so then another day, we finally could snorkel on the south shore of Maui because the visibility was finally good. There was no weird current and the swell had died down. We hadn't been able to snorkel there for like over a week. And that's our normal spot. So in the previous week, we had broke one of the moorings because it was kind of frayed and the diver didn't see it and then the boat was really heavy and so it just like snapped off after luckily after everyone was back in the boat and they were about mm -hmm. to leave anyway <laughs> um so the next opportunity we had to get there um one of the other crew who's a really good free diver was gonna get in with all these tools and like put a new shackle on and like put a new tagline on and so I was like, do you want to go in by yourself? Like, you're going to try and hold all these tools and dive? And he was like, no. So I got in and mm -hmm. just, like, held everything. I was, like, treading water, holding a crowbar. <laughs> but. A crowbar? Yeah. <laughs> Jeez. Before we got to the spot, we saw spinner dolphins. And I was like, oh, cool. So I was telling people about the spinner dolphins. And then we, like, cruised up the coast. And, like, I kind of forgot about it. And we got in and we were, like, he was, like, free diving, like, trying to break the old piece off with the crowbar. So I was, like, passing him stuff. And he was, like, out of breath, and all of a sudden I hear people going, the dolphins, the dolphins! And I was like, what? And I looked around, the spinner dolphins swam right by us while we were working. Hmm. So 
He was like getting low on breath. So I was like, stop, stop, stop. Just catch your breath and look at the dolphins. And they had like 20 of them swam by us, like really slow. They kind of like circled around the boat and around us. And so we were just like looking, just put our heads under the water and we're looking at them. And they like dive all the way to the bottom and glide on the sand and then kept cruising. Some of the big adults would. And then the rest of them were at the surface. Is there something to eat there or what are they doing on the sand? They, I, they're just resting and cruising. They're nocturnal, so they go offshore to, like, look for big schools of lanternfish and stuff at night. And oh, then okay. during the day, they kind of, like, come into these, like, calm areas along the coast and just sleep. Kind of like Rizzo's. But, um... Have you learned anything about lanternfish? Not really. Why? You got fun facts? They're one of the, like, the biggest biomasses out there. One of the biggest biomasses. Yeah. Yeah. So... So that's pretty cool. Got to see dolphins underwater. That was flipping that's awesome. That's awesome. Monk seals, dolphins underwater. Yeah. You and there's fin whales around. And I got to go to two of the other islands this last week, too. Did you say fin whales? No. Dude, I thought whales. I was looking at DT my eyes. I was just staring. I'm like, did she say fin whales? No, no. there has been whales. Fin whales. Okay. <laughs> yeah, fin whales. What are fin whales? They have seen fin whales here before, but it's like oh. really rare. No, but bin whales, like, is it B I N whales or B-E-E-N. like? B E E N. Don't make fun of me. <laughs> what species? Loser. What genus is that? I'm not sure. Familiar with bin whales. There have. I can't come up with another way to say it right now. Anyways, so one of the programs that Pack Whale does is they uh, subsidize a Kiki Whale Watch program for all the kids on. Can you Maui. tell the people what that? means that don't speak hawaiian children keiki means child um so they subsidize uh whale watch for kids on maui and then for the other islands in maui county that people live on so lanai and molokai they're free so we took the boat over to lanai last friday and we took out like 200 kids to go whale watching so that was pretty cool that we got to cross over there and it was a full moon and so we were watching whales in the dark the whole way over there. With kids? No, like the crew oh. was to drive the boat from Ma'alaya over to Lanai. And then there was a mom and calf humpback right outside the harbor, which was good because it was kind of choppy and the kids were getting seasick. So mm. it was not very far away. We got to watch a mom and calf all day and spinner dolphins on the last one. Okay. And then... And then whales? No. Ooh. And then we went what over we to Molokai yesterday. What? What's later? I was gonna say, what if we got spinners here every once in a while? Too cold. Crazy. Too cold. Yeah, it'd be a bad thing. Why is it bad? Because they're not supposed to go in water that cold. Okay, explain to me this. How do they look exactly like a common dolphin, but wouldn't be able to handle the water? They don't look like a common dolphin. Yeah, they do. I don't. Their body type. Their dorsal fin looks different. They're they're longer and skinnier. Oh man, I'll freaking. They're a pop. lot thinner than common dolphins. Uh, yeah, they're like now long. And... Put two photos together, and you're gonna be like, oh yeah, it looks just like. No, common you're dolphin. gonna put two photos together. Oh yeah, maybe I'm wrong. <laughs> common dolphin. They look like a long beak common dolphin. They're just not like the food that they're specialized in eating is not high enough fat content. I think for them to really be packed on for cold water. True. So. Yeah, because lanternfish are not nearly as oily as like sardines or anchovies or something. They're really tiny too. They got yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I guess they look more like a bottlenose, huh? 
Oh, there you go. <laughs> That's what I meant. Offshore bottlenose. But they're small. Yeah, that's like, it. They're, they're like 150 pounds. Like common dolphins are like two to 300. <laughs> but anyway, so then we also went to Molokai yesterday. So that was cool. It was a really rough crossing. Like really rough. Like bad day, bad afternoon. Weather turned bad in Monterey except for like two hours just trying to get home. Have you guys canceled any um, whale watches because of the wind, or what's the deal? Are you doing? Um, we've only had one day where we canceled, and it was like blowing over fifty, and it was be- holy. Yeah, and it was more because we were losing stuff off the boat, so like we were <laughs> end up like polluting the ocean all day, huh? rather than it being necessarily too rough it was like the people were going to be soaking wet it was going to be really hard to find whales and we kept like losing people's stuff off the boat it was so windy so then we didn't go but we've gone all the other days um unless we didn't have enough people hopefully the wind's not there when i get there i hope not because i'm tired of it yeah (laughs) but molokai was cool we took out like 300 kids there was not many whales, and it was really choppy, um, so we couldn't really look for whales anyway because it's too rough. But we did see turtles around the harbor. The crew kept saying they saw a monk seal, but I never saw it. In the and harbor? Then, yeah, right by their harbor. What? And then um, we saw a lot of manta rays. What? Like on one trip, we had eight. What? Yeah. Little ones. So that was little pretty- ones. Are, yeah. are, is, is it all manta there, or do they have mobula? Uh, we have like one stingray species. I can't remember the name, but then we have spotted eagle rays and mantas, and that's it. Wow, awesome! Yeah, so that was really cool. And then the kids sang us a chant as a thank you, which was also pretty cute. Like little kindergartners singing for us. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, this is adorable. <laughs> Man, you're having all the fun. Yeah, we're just having winter here. And it's supposed Sorry. to rain tomorrow, oh. so yeah, we'll be off the water. Rain. You're coming. You're coming soon to see. I can't wait for February and March. Yeah, you have some fun stuff coming up, Slater. You can come yeah, visit Slater. us. No, but I feel like I'm not doing anything right now, and I kind of want to cry. <sighs> Don't cry. I could, you know. I know you could. <laughs> I don't doubt you for a second. Dude, I'm just saying, like, I need some full time whale watching going on in my life. Pretty soon you're going to be seeing so many whales, you're not going to know what to do. I went down to Garapada today, and I didn't see a single gray whale, and I totally thought I would. Are you serious? Yeah. So also, I was playing with my dog, and she was like, <laughs> th- I was throwing a stick for her, so I didn't look. I looked like on the path down to the water, and I didn't really look once I got down there. But uh, still, I, I looked for a good three minutes before I walked down to the water, and I thought I would see one. Yeah, it, it was so good today. Yeah, I was hoping you would see something over there. Oh yeah. Okay. Is that it for sightings? Did you want to talk about your the sad news we were talking about Slater? The elephant seal thing? Well yeah. Yeah, That happened in September, I guess. Well was it? Reward out there for the someone shot an elephant seal. What? In like on the beach, I guess, near like San Sammy like near one of those beaches down south. Wow. And there's a twenty thousand dollar reward for turning the person in. And I guess the guy will face a $25,000 fine. Yeah. Or a guy or a girl. I don't know who did it. But um, will face a $25,000 fine, uh, up to a year in prison, and then some other stuff. Because it's, it's a federal offense. Yeah, it's the standard MMPA 
Yeah. Violation. How much were they going to be fined? 25000 25, So the last person to get fined for MMPA uh, violation in Central California, how much did they get fined? I don't know. Not very much, though, because they actually had a good lawyer. <laughs> that's the that's they read you the maximum right they read you like what you could face but if you have a good lawyer then that may not happen what about the second time they violated it that was just what probation extension or yeah and so it's like if you have a good lawyer you can be like well the elephant seal looked like it was gonna kill me <laughs> oh god i mean that's how lawyers work in this country they were like, like yeah it was about to hop a fence Run across the street and kill you. It was glumping so fast. So fast. Is that what it's called? Glumping? I thought it was like undulating. <laughs> uh, Harbor seals undulate, huh? Eric's making stuff up. Glumping? <laughs> Google it. Watch. A bunch of listeners are going to be like, Eric, Eric is right. I know what you're talking about. What? They use it in a couple different movies that I like to watch. Let me see, dude. Glumping. Probably thinking Heffalump. No. A clumsy, ponderous, and See? See? it's real. They are galumpers, dude. They're young I'm science. In Alice in Wonderland, they use it. There's a seal in Alice in Wonderland? No, they use it to describe That's glumping. someone else, but they use that word. I don't make up words. It could have been glumping in like... It's not made up. You're just being... <laughs> you used it right. Yeah. And it's spelled not how you think. Spell it, Caitlin. Don't even Google it. Galumping? Yeah. I don't know. Is it start with G-U? No, G A L U M P H I N G. That's too many letters. It's no, it's a P. It's a silent. Okay, <laughs> 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 uh, so that was one sad one, and the other one was the one you mentioned, which I just watched, read the article for. Was the Sea Shepherd France, or was that you, Eric, that mentioned it? But Eric yeah. mentioned that. What the so heck? what is it? A, is it trying to make a statement about the it's drive the kills or what is it? Bycatch. In the fishing method that accidentally kills dolphins in the Bay of Biscay. Yep. Yeah. Did you see them carry the two dolphins up in the video? That's gnarly. How, also, how is that legal to just like carry around a dead dolphin? I mean, I guess it's Europe, but. Yeah, but I, I don't know. I, I mean, yeah, I, people are making their point, but that's... Uh, yeah, how do they not just get poor for carrying the dolphin? In my opinion, carrying around the animal's dead body is not very respectful you know, and, and, and the way they did it. I mean, it's just... I mean, they I really wanted it... To show people, like... They yeah, thought... they wanted it to be inflammatory so people would start a conversation about it. That's the one thing with some of those like organizations like PETA and stuff. They do things really like dramatically, I think, to try to get a point across. And sometimes it's a little gnarly. Yeah, but if you're respecting life, you should also still respect the animal when it's dead. You know, it's like, uh. Yeah, yeah I don't know if I would take dead dolphins to the Eiffel Tower to prove my point. I mean, what's next? You know, you're going to make your dog, dead dogs, you know, dead Humans, it's like, geez. I mean, they have some pretty gnarly protest techniques there, too, though. Because, like, when they protest the um, bullfighting, they'll, like, have people, like, lay in the street, like, covered in fake blood for, like, hours and stuff. Have you ever seen those in Spain? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Pretty crazy. But, yeah, people, if you want to. Where where did you find that, Caitlin? I just screenshot it. I googled it. I, googled I literally it. googled what you said, and then it was the first thing was a uh, like from like some news agency shared their video. Yeah. Yeah. 
So I don't know. What kind of dolphin is it? Those are common. It looks like commons. Yeah. Look like spinners to me. No kidding. <laughs> oh god, here we go. Here we go. Um, what? Any? Any? Uh, so now that we talked about all the me, the the sad um, whale news, Caitlin, were you nerding out with me reading any Marmam stuff that you found interesting? Um, I didn't look on Marmam, but I did read up on that tracking whales from space. The satellite. Satellite stuff. Yeah. Um, so it sounds like the New England Aquarium and a couple other agencies are working together using European satellites, radar, and sonar information to try and have a real-time estimate of where whales are. Um, and they're really trying to use it for North Atlantic right whales, but ideally they would like to be able to create like heat maps or frequency maps all the time for where the whales are to help protect them. And um, so they're going to use, like, a whole bunch of different information, and they're still very much in the, like, trying to figure it out stages. You said protect them as in from, like, ship strike or? Yeah, and fishing gear and stuff like that. Mm, interesting. So I don't know if that's going to be information that's only reported to, like, management or if it's going to be, like, publicly available information. Yeah, there's always been discussion about making that stuff, like, real time. It's kind of sketchy in some hands you know yeah helpful for yeah. others yeah what, exactly space, seeing from space real time yeah or just having like constant real-time information about where all the whales are but um i mean mm. i think we'll see if they can pull it off that's the other thing um so it's draper is the data Dra uh, data analytics company and new england aquarium um and then Whoever's cooperating with the satellites, they didn't say. But mm -hmm. um, they also are motivated to do it because they're currently flying a lot of aerial surveys for right whales. And those are subject to weather, but also like dangerous for people. Like the more times you put a person in an aircraft, the odds of something happening are, you know. Why yeah. Using drones? I, I mean, I don't know. They survey pretty far offshore. Oh. Uh, so I don't know how practical it is. I know a guy who flies drones. Yeah, we do you know just a guy. Do it. Like, you just be a kayaker and just fly your drone. <laughs> That'll save money and yeah, fuel. kayak like 60 miles offshore and then just fly your drone. Dude, that guy in Monterey will do it. Oh, my God. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen him like 11 miles out before. It's pretty nice. Me too, with killer whales and blue whales. <laughs> so that one was pretty interesting. I'm, I hope that they like gain some traction with it because I think that'd be... A pretty sweet application of technology. Uh-huh. And then the other thing that I read was um, the frequency of gray whales stranding and relating it to radio waves emitted that come through the Earth's atmosphere during a solar storm. Oh, yeah. It's like when there's sunspots um, really bad, like bad solar flares. Not all the radiation breaks through the Earth's atmosphere, but in the radio frequency, it does. And what did it say? Strandings are 4.8-fold. There was a 4.8-fold increase in the likelihood that a whale would strand on days where the high RF noise was detected. So Interesting. This is like almost someone... You have to be also a uh, astronomer to kind of understand this particular subject. Hey, it's pretty I'm neat. <laughs> all about intersectional science. We should all be working together more than we do. 
You just like, look look at what you just did to Slater. His eyes just crossed. <laughs> he used a big word. Citizen science. Community science. science. I think science. all different fields of science should be working together more than they do. Like, get no, out of your let's hide our information and work together. So, Caitlin, the paper you're talking about with the gray whales and the whole sun, you know, thing, causing them to, you know, maybe, you know, lose their sense of direction. Uh, there was a paper about a year ago that was similar, um, except it was about sperm whale strandings mm. in relation to you know, activities of our sun. So, yeah, solar so, storms and stuff like that. Yeah, could be. The, the interesting thing is no one has been able to prove whether, like, there's anything in the animal's body or brain that detects it. Like, is it biomagnetite? Yeah. What is it? Yeah, there's always been talk about that. Uh, even, like, in from an anthropology standpoint, uh, you know, we've always said animals have a sense of direction. Um, there's people like in the South Pacific. I forgot which particular group, but it's they don't have the GPSs and cell phones and Google Maps like we do. And there's people out there with a sense of direction that's amazing. They literally like it almost sounds like they're messing with them, but it, it's the only way to, to determine how accurate their sense of direction was. They would literally take these people, blindfold them and spin them around, you know, and tell them point north, point west. And, and they would do it. I gotta mm -hmm. find I gotta find that with the name of this group. But these people, instead of saying right or left, you know, they would say east, west. It was it was I forgot. It's it's some group in the South Pacific. So I think if you don't use it a lot, you lose it. Yeah. And our animals are still using it. Well, so, go ahead, Slater. What if so? If it's affecting these gray whales, right, and they're losing their sense of direction, is it is it mainly younger ones? Because if the older ones have done it like fifteen times. Are they still able to figure out where they need to go? Yeah, they didn't say, like, the age class or how many strandings they reviewed. It just says that they compiled all gray whale stranding data from the U.S. West Coast between 1985 and 2018 and found that live and otherwise healthy gray whales were stranding far more often when there was a high number of sunspots. Interesting. Sunspots on them? No, like just meaning that that radiation was entering Earth's atmosphere. You can see these spots on, like these flares on the sun, and then oh, you can okay. detect what's coming into the Earth's atmosphere. Okay, I thought they were noticing these sunspots on the gray whale. Am I not even noticing no. sunspots on the gray whale? Although no. whales can get sunburned, but yeah, no. it's not. Yeah, it's not the sunspots you see like on as ocean people. I think like bottlenose dolphin, like the coastal bottlenose, are sunburned. I mean, sometimes you can see it on, I guess, in the breeding grounds, you can see it on the moms. If they're spending a lot of time at the surface, um, they get sunburned on their back from, like, resting with their calf. Some people mm. think even Casper was sunburned a few, about a month ago. I feel like that might have been a squid injury, but I don't know. Alrighty. <laughs> Any other papers you, you found interesting, Caitlin Taylor? Um... Those were the two, like, article-type things I read. I reread Nick Pyanson's blog for Washington Post, and I posted it on our Patreon. So if you're a Patreon follower, you can get the link for that. Blue whale one? He just wrote, like, the whole 2019, like, we learned a lot about whales, and blue whales oh, was okay. one of the center topics, like, the the size, the heartbeat information we just got at the end of the year, and then also at the beginning of the year, I forgot, um, 
they had determined somehow that blue whales navigate by memory to feeding grounds. So that's another interesting thing is like, is it, are they detecting things in the earth? Is it memory based for migration? Like there's kind of some conflicting or maybe they all need to come together arguments for how whales figure out where to go to find food. Yeah. Um, speaking of where to find food, I talked about you talked about this with you earlier. Uh, you know how the last few years, especially for us who are whale watching naturalists full time, we always talk about shifts in migration time and stuff like that. Early arrival, late arrival. Yeah. Yeah. There is a finally a decent write up about uh, the stock of humpbacks that are in Colombia, and then feed in uh, Antarctica, and it's talking about how they've noticed. Someone actually, you know, put to work a paper that uh, about uh, that it possibly could be the lack of sea ice, lack of food. And they're just kind of sitting there going, okay, nothing to eat. Let's just go down to Columbia early. So They're early. Yeah. Yeah. Because I feel like the Pacific whales in the North Pacific have been late. Yeah. So it could, you know, that's why this is going to obviously be someone's... <laughs> We'll work that you know to, to figure out each population's you know situation could but this is what they could refer to as the g stock of uh, humpback whales that are tropical eastern pacific animals that end up in Colombia and uh usually feed off of the antarctic peninsula so hmm. yeah but it's like yeah if you got nothing to eat you might as well go to warmer water early yeah interesting um, did you guys watch The Whale Detective? So I I did. I'm in it for like a few what? seconds. What? Yeah. Did you see me? I should have been in it. I was there on that boat on Blue Ocean that day. Yeah, you were next to me a few times, but I, I was in the it. The day I, that the whale breached or the day they were filming? Um, no, we were, they were filming. Were here then. There's me. Wait, where is it? Where am oh, I? Yeah. Oh, you're in the photo on the board. Okay. Yeah. Marilia was in it. I oh saw her for a second. Gosh. See, that's that, so dot, funny. that dot's me. So, <laughs> you know the opening the opening B-roll footage they have of the Seawolf from that day? It's uh -huh. me and the photographer standing on the top deck. Oh, I have no my way. back to the camera, but I was like, that's me! <laughs> I, was I, was not, out I, I wasn't here yet, right? No, not you're yet. 15, huh? Yeah, early summer, 15. Um... I yeah I was on the ocean that day we were like over a mile away but we saw it happen and then we heard everyone on the radio be like the kayakers fell in the water I was like oh no so what my... did you think about yeah uh it was okay my couple takeaways <laughs> from it that I thought were interesting that I never really thought of but definitely is true is you can match whales based on their tubercle pattern you can match their flukes you can match their pec fins you can match their tubercles so they were trying to figure out who the prime suspect was, and all they really had was a good shot of the top of its head. Mm -hmm. pretty cool. And then I really liked the section where they interviewed Ari, because he was just like, we know nothing about whales, but like, <laughs> we're trying to figure it out. <laughs> it's funny. That's so funny. He's because just like, was... very... Huh? Uh, it's funny because I was just thinking, like, during our like the last topic, that like I was like, there's gonna be never-ending research on whales. So, like, if you if you want to just like research the rest of your life, choose whales. The problem is finding money for it. But yeah, there's endless research questions about whales. 
But yeah, Ari is just kind of like, we don't know anything about him, but like, we're trying and we're trying to protect him because I think they're important. And I was like, that's pretty much cetacean science in a nutshell. <laughs> and my favorite part is always anything that any documentary with, with Joy in it is where I learned the most. She's like the master of animal anatomy. Yeah. Uh, the Joy Reidenberg, the anatomist. She's really cool. She does a lot of large animal dissections and like she's putting out some really cool anatomy work with whales and especially she's lately been focusing on sound production, but um yeah, she's she's cool and she's a really good speaker. So like whenever she does discover something, she makes it really easy to understand. Yeah. So that's yeah. cool. Yeah, I learned a lot from her, but that yeah, I really like that Inside Giants series. Mm-hmm. That with the sperm whale, yeah, and then yeah, the few talks she's done for uh, ACS and mm-hmm. oh, she's been here, she's been amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. She goes to Marine Ma- Society for Marine Mammalogy conference every year, and then usually um, she makes it to ACS, especially if she's been asked to come as a speaker. Um, so yeah, she's a really cool lady. But she does she if you. Go to PBS's website. You can access all their shows. Um, so that's how I was able to watch it here in Hawaii. So for any of our listeners, if you want to watch that, or I think Inside Giants is still available on their website too. Um, yeah, InsideGiants.org. Yeah, Inside Giants was on there, but I kept on getting an error message. But worst comes to worst, folks, YouTube. That's true. It's also on YouTube. Has it. Yeah, but yeah, Well Detective has some pretty good information in it from certain people in there um inside giants is amazing uh kingdom of the blue whale that's on disney plus that's kind of cool you can watch mm. the mandalorian and learn about blue whales <laughs> eric loves his mandalorian yeah. i've seen that movie so many times the kingdom of the blue whale yeah i love it that is on one of your frequent flyer movie lists yeah yeah, Kingdom of the Blue Whale is good, and there's a few other whale documentaries floating around. It bothers there. me a little. What? Because I just want to upgrade it. Upgrade what? The Kingdom of the Blue Whale? Yeah. Isn't it? How old is it? It's like before drones, right? Dude, yeah. Before. I don't know. Before, before I even 60 frames looking at a whales. second on a cell phone. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I just feel like there's a lot. Like they could just upgrade all the shots of it, and they they know a lot more now about them. Yeah. Didn't in that movie? Don't they try to tag like a pregnant female? Or no. And then like the tag comes off or something, or they're trying yeah, to find a like mate. Almost, I think she's like almost a Costa Rica, and the tag came off or something. But then they see the little blues with fetal folds down there. Yeah. Ooh, Where did they go for the blue wells there? What? It's our stock, our, our California stock. That uh, I know. Where do they go? Like, where do they? Do they like actually go whale watching for blue whales there? Yeah, that there's footage of watching. the fetal folds. Yeah, it's down there. Yeah, there's whale watching in Costa Rica like almost year round because they also have humpbacks there from North and South Pacific all year. <laughs> yeah, some lady messaged me that is like she has like tons on happy whale, and she said, "Are you coming down here?" And I was like, "I freaking wish." Because I said I wanted to try to go. I think it was supposed to be this year, but I messaged it like a few years ago. Mm. Yeah. I definitely want to go. the tour company. Oh, that's cool. 
She has this siding for a humpback that is the furthest between sidings, and it's in Costa Rica and in Tonga. Wait. Oh. Yeah. So it went down. It went down Antarctica and then across up. and then up. Wow. Yeah. Or or the opposite way. Oh, the other way. side. Yeah. I've been getting a few like comments on my happy whale sightings too. There's a lot of people down south waiting for certain whales that I just saw very recently. <laughs> They're like, tell please, them to get down please. here already. Yeah. Please. Yeah, yeah. Can you tell them to get down here? Yeah. <laughs> there's food down there too, isn't there? Yeah, there's a little bit. Yeah. It's not super dense like our cold water, but yeah, there's some. Yeah, there's like this. Is it a seamount or something offshore, the Costa Rica Dome? Mm-hmm. I don't know what geologically structured it Costa is, but that's that's why they think the blue whales go there because they're too fat for months at a time. They have to be around food. Yeah, blue whales are constantly eating. A lot of people think they, they don't eat when they're down there, but yeah, they are always finding something to munch on. I need so to munch other- on. The other thing I wanted to share with you guys is from one of our listeners. Um, So a couple episodes ago, we asked people to like share their impact that the podcast has had on them. And so Charlotte, I think her last name's Kirchner. Sorry if I butchered it. (laughs) uh, Messaged us and said, hey, guys, about that influence you had on listeners and careers in marine mammal science. Um, A year ago, I stepped out of academia, and I never looked back. I started volunteering with uh, the charity in the UK, OrcaWeb. They have this network of citizen scientists to help look for cetaceans according to their respective protocol and use data to highlight the threats to cetaceans in European waters. I think listening to your podcast reignited the spark for whales and dolphins, which have always been my passion. But being in landlocked Germany, it's always been unrealistic for anyone who wants to get a job in this direction. Anyway, I decided to proceed a four-week placement on a passenger ferry with them as a wildlife guide and educator. They also took me on board to do a training to do something similar on board cruise ships that they're working with. By now, I'm back to the 100% whale nerd I used to be as a kid. In my free time, I now opt my ID skill or I now opt my ID skills, maybe practice my ID skills by identifying pictures of cetaceans on iNaturalist. In Two weeks, Orca is sending me on a 33-day cruise to the Caribbean where, as a wildlife officer, I will not only spread the word about whales, but I'll also be able to be directly around them. Thanks so much for playing a role in how my 2019 made my childhood dreams a reality. Hugs from Germany. That's pretty awesome. Dude, I I should listen to the Whale Nerds podcast. (laughs) Dude, I know. I want to go to... That's awesome. You know what's funny is the, like... All the prints I sell and like um, calendars, they always are from Germany. I think there's some secret whale nerds in Germany. Yeah. There's some closeted cetacean lovers in Germany. So we're big in Germany, just like David Hasselhoff, though. That's pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty cool. I didn't mean like that, but I, I like honestly, I, I just sent out two to Germany just two days ago. Uh-huh. That's cool. And there's another person. Who who was it? Is there's a was it is his name Rob that you guys were telling me? Robbie. Oh, Rob. Yeah. We need to check in with him cuz he did his internship and I want to hear how it went. Yeah, what? he said he want, he said he would be willing to come on the podcast, I think. Oh, cool. Okay. Yeah, I'm we'll pretty sure he said that. that in the message. Okay. We'll yeah. have to see how we work with our crazy schedules, but we'll make it work. Okay. Um, yeah, so that's cool. If anybody else has stories they want to share with us, like, 
that always makes my day to hear that kind of stuff. Hey, can we go back to negative again? <laughs> <laughs> I had you one more what? paper. I had one more paper to bring up. Uh, just me and my, because you know, ever since I left uh, Quebec, I, I'm like totally obsessed with beluga whales right now. So it's not just uh, you know everyone's going uh, crazy about our. Our southern residents, but they're starting to get really concerned about the uh, population of uh, belugas over there in the Cook Inlet because it turns oh, yeah. out that's yeah. been an issue for a while. Yeah, their 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 salmon issues are you know pr- pretty significant too. So all that, just like most other of our you know favorite marine mammals out there, it's affecting birth rates and everything and and uh, and survivability. So. We gotta start paying attention to the salmon everywhere. So yeah. is that where the North Atlantic salmon comes from, or does it come from like off of um, shoot? No, East Cook Coast. Inlet is the one of the Alaska populations. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. The ones but, in where you went, I think, are they doing okay, Eric, in Saint Gulf of Saint Lawrence? That population, you know, it's literally a population that does not move. They they stay in there in the Saint Lawrence, you know, but uh, there's still some concern about them. Uh, for them, one thing is noise too. Yeah, that's why I had that that 1,200 foot you know distance that they keep over there. But uh, yeah, that's obviously a concern, and I think food everywhere is a concern for all. Uh, yeah. Belugas. A couple years ago, they did some studies on the acoustic disturbance of even just like coastal traffic and construction for those Cook Inlet belugas. And then they also have done some like biopsies to test their like pollutant load in their blubber layer. And they're pretty toxic animals, kind of like the southern residents are. Yeah. Yeah. So animals live sharing suburban space with humans and then limited food resources. It, it makes for a tough situation. That's for sure. Yeah. But with the winter slowness, I have been able to try to catch more of the details of these papers. But uh, yeah, that was one of the other ones that really kind of hit me. That salmon. Mm-hmm. Johnny, I tell everybody salmon's bad news. Yeah. Anytime I see it here on the menu, I'm like, you got to be kidding me. It's everywhere. It's it's yeah. everywhere. It's on but every like, menu. We're in the most isolated island chain in the world, and they're sending farm salmon here. It's like, ugh. Oh, yeah. Stop. Speaking of farm salmon, Slater, we already talked about artificial the other podcast, didn't we? Yeah, we what? did. We I did. watched okay. it. That Same. documentary is pretty good. Yeah. It's some of the stuff that a lot of us fish people have known for quite a while but i'm glad that they're making people aware totally yeah <laughs> i was okay looking, i was trying to trying to hit what my trash was can that? Eric just... just hucked a bottle behind him <laughs> no i can actually hit the trash can from here but, but i you missed didn't. i was about <laughs> a foot what off. was that coconut water coconut water yeah it, you see that dark spot right there my trash can's right through that door and i can actually hit it from here yeah you did Whatever. not make it dude i hit the ceiling <laughs> i hit the trash can of the tabasco from the wharf whatever yeah. you were you there guys... easy when it's right underneath you and you just drop it no it was, it was in the back of the cabin you know the distance from there yeah um, the only other thing I have for the podcast is I saw one of the companies in Iceland post their hiring naturalists 
Um, I think they only can accept European work visa people. Um, Ooh, what but company is it? Let me see if I can find it again. Listeners it's not... in Germany, listen up. Yeah, it's... Uh... Hi, Lizzie. Elding, Whale Watch, Reykjavik. Oh, Elding, yeah. yeah. I've heard of that. So they're hiring now, and I would assume that a lot of companies are actually hiring now for summer season. So if you are thinking of getting a summer job on a whale watch boat, get your resume and cover letter together and start sending it off because companies now until like the end of February are starting to do interviews and stuff. So, um, yeah, get ready if you're not ready already. Do it. Do it. Tell us that you went there. Do it. Share your experience with us. Yeah, definitely. I really wanted to move to Iceland for a while after I went that one time. We still should go back. Oh, I want to go back for sure. The only problem is is that I have this... It's not a problem, but I have this beautiful dog that cannot go to Iceland. Well, she can't. It's just a big... It's like such a big deal to bring a dog to an island, you know? Yeah. She has to be on... They have to quarantine the dog on a tiny little island inside the fjord. And, like, you could actually take a ferry to her every day. Oh, Macy, that'd be so sad. Mm-hmm. She would be very sad. Oh, my gosh, she would go nuts. She would probably <laughs> dig her way out and then, like, <laughs> run wild. Us. She would swim across and get on a humpback. I didn't hear about <laughs> Dog Island and. Yeah, it's called, um, shoot, not. Um, is it by Rachel or where was it? No, it's by Hoganess. It's. Lacey, off, 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 off. Lacey was um, on Slater's lap while he's talking about this. <laughs> yeah, Hogan. Yeah, anyways, it's in the north, and it's a little tiny island inside the fjord. <laughs> did you go, when you went while watching Iceland, where'd you go again? And Did you go to Akiri? There? I, I, I can't pronounce all the names of the places I went. All I know is I... Akiri. I don't know how to say it either. I just make it up. I saw the big old... Busting and under the fjord and took a left. That's what I remember. Um, I think that's all the whale news I have. That's a bit it, about it for me. We covered a lot of fun topics. Yeah. Go whale watching, people. Do it. I'm hoping more um, animals show up in Maui soon. Slater, I think we lost you. Are you muted? I think he just broke his mic. Can you hear me? Yeah, we can hear you. Yeah, yeah, I yanked the cord out the back. Whoopsies. Um, all right. Well, thanks, friends. Um, share your stories with us. Get your resumes ready. Go whale watching. Also, send us topics. Yeah, that too. That'd be fun. I was going to say that Southern California, February is like my favorite time for gray whales down there. This is true. This is the yeah. way. <laughs> I'd say I'd say Monterey because there's you see tons of whales here, but just the weather wise, like you can't beat Southern California's weather for gray whale season. Yeah. Yeah. So go whale watching somewhere. Yeah, everyone go whale watching. All right. All right. Thank you for listening. And if you don't follow us on Instagram, it's Whale Nerds. And we've been posting some stuff on our Patreon too, so follow along on there if you want to. And thank you. Thank you, everyone. Bye. Bye. Bye.